Country music. I love country music. Country music. Country music. The future of country music's looking good. I love it. Country confidential. I've been lucky enough to have inspiration through uh, women who are in country music. And I think the more women that we have there, the more opportunity we have to inspire uh, up and coming female artists. Country Confidential. In 2019, it was reported that women only accounted for 10% of country radio airplay. This trend is one that's persisted since 2010. The declining presence of women on country radio has evolved to a sustained industry-wide gap. The limited space for women is all too common in country music. For years, women have been told there's only one spot for women on playlists or label rosters, that they had to avoid releasing ballads, that their music wasn't good enough and their songs couldn't be played back to back. Growing up, my iPod was full of strong female country influences from Martina McBride, Faith Hill, The Chicks, and so many more. For me, a strong female presence in country music has always been important because I feel represented. But where are the girls at? Where have they gone? And how are they bringing the genre forward with the little girl power they have? In today's episode, I sit down with some artists that have some major girl power, including Lindsay L., Raina Roberts, Tennille Arch, Sasha, Tiffany Woes, and Abby Anderson. I don't know about you guys, but I think 2022 is going to be the year of the woman in country music. You know me. I want all the secrets and untold stories from being a woman in country music. I'm your host, Backstage Bobby, and this is Country Confidential, Where Are the Girls At? It's about how amazing women really are. Hey, hey, Where are the girls at? It's no secret that our first guest, Lindsay L., is a complete badass. Over the past three years, L. has shared the stage with some of the biggest acts in country music, like Keith Urban, Brad Paisley, and Sugarland. She has held her own with moments alongside artists like Melissa Etheridge, Billy Ray Cyrus, Robert Randolph, Billy Gibbons, among other legends. Plus, her album Heart Theory spawned her first top 20 hit in the U.S., as well as her first number one on Canadian country radio charts, making her the first female artist to do that in 10 years. Jeez, what can't this girl do? When I sat down with Lindsay, I sought to dig a little bit deeper about what it means to her to be a woman in country music. I mean, ever since I was a little girl, you know, Shania Twain was obviously like a massive influence to me. And I used to sing in the mirror with like a plastic microphone and wanting to be Shania. And then, you know, when I got into my teens, I started working with a guy by the name of Randy Bachman. And Randy was the guy who got me into classic rock and blues and jazz. And so When I was in my teens, I started listening to Eric Clapton and Jimi Hendrix and Stevie Ray Vaughan. And it was sort of like that world mixed with country and molding those two things together that sort of gave me my style that I I play in now. You know, it's it's like a little Keith Urban, a little John Mayer, a little Cheryl Crow. I think the fact that Lindsay blends styles really sets her apart from the rest of the country music pack. Another thing that sets her apart is her killer guitar skills. She absolutely shreds it, which is something you don't see very often in country music. She shared with me how she came to fall in love with the guitar. You know, I just think that being able to play live opens up a whole new world of of opportunity. You know, it's one thing to write songs and music. It's one thing to sing them. But then being able to perform them is like this other element. It's this other element. 
you know, muscle, so to speak, that, that we get to work. And so as a performer, being able to learn how to, how to work that muscle and really develop that and ultimately put on a show, you know, you go see somebody like Keith Urban play and you are totally drawn to his songs. Yes, for sure. The way he sings them. Yes, for sure. The way he plays his instrument for sure. But it's also how he performs, you know, and he can like stand up there with an acoustic guitar in the palm of his hands and have the audience just like right there with him. And then he can stand there with an electric guitar, like wailing this massive guitar solo and just having that dynamic. And so I think from watching and from touring with a bunch of artists that I just look up to, it's really taught me how to sort of work those different elements. And, you know, sometimes you need to lay down on stage and play guitar solo, like lying on your back. (laughs) Wow. I love that Lindsay is also a student of country music performance. Having seen her in person alongside Blake Shelton in Chicago, I can attest to her amazing skill. Lindsay is just one of many of the pack of strong women artists in this genre. So I wanted her take on why it's so important for women to have a voice in country music. Just like anything, I think any genre is cyclical. You know, I think that... um early in the nineties, there were women all over specifically country, but, um, but, but there were just female artists all over the place releasing great music. And, um, there has definitely been a lack of females, you know, over the past few years, but I think you're slowly starting to see that resurgence again, and you're starting to see that like cyclical cycle come back. And so it's been, it's been really amazing in the past few years to see more and more female artists releasing and, and recording music and sending songs to radio and, um, you know, more labels signing female artists and developing talent. And so um, I think it's, it's definitely a process and we're still in that part of the process where we're catching up, so to speak, but I think it's a really exciting time for female music and females in country specifically. And the most important part is the quality of the music. You know, I think that is what's going to create careers that are based on longevity and also the fact that fans just want to hear great music regardless of who it comes from regardless of gender age you know it's all just about having that song that connects and 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 I still think like that's our first and foremost focus the music always comes first but like Lindsay mentioned it's such an exciting time for women in country music right now I love that she took out fellow artist and Canadian Robin Adelini on a headlining tour. So I wanted to know why keeping a strong presence as a woman in country was so needed in the genre. I think that as a woman in country music um, and, and just even a woman in any genre, we need to continue to create opportunities to lift each other up. I think that it is so amazing, specifically in the country genre, that as female artists, we do want to lift each other up and we can feel that level of of support. And um, I just think it's so important. You know, we're here to high five each other to the top. And um, and it's it's honestly rare to find a group of women who want to do that a lot of times. And so country music is so special in, in that sector. And um, I think you do see it in a touring environment a lot of times, you know, with a bunch of different programs wanting to bring female artists together and lift them up together. And um, that's why I was just so excited to bring out a female opening act. And, you know, so many incredible artists have opened up their stages to me and, and let me, um, 
and, and pass on the torch. And so to take that torch and then pass it on to have my own opening act and have that be a female artist, that was something I was really proud of. Wow. I really love what Lindsay said about giving opportunities to lift each other up. I definitely think we could use a little bit more of that. Alaska native Raina Roberts is as fiery as her bright red hair. Known for her July 2020 debut single, Stompin' Grounds, as well as multiple appearances on NFL's Monday Night Football, Raina brings something fresh and exciting to country music. Raina also caught the attention of the one and only Reba McIntyre when she covered her song Fancy on a viral TikTok. Reba loved it so much that she actually invited Raina on tour with her, and they're making a stop in Chicago. I am so excited. It's no doubt that Raina loves music, but I was curious when her love of music started. My parents are veterans. My mom and dad were in the Army for 10 years, so that's why I was born in Alaska. And I was introduced um, to music through basically a program they created because I was born two months early and I was supposed to be developmentally like I was supposed to have a lot of delays. Um, but my mom, she went to her professors, um, her psychology professors, they came up with the music program. So they played different genres for me every week. I don't know until maybe I was like four or so. That's why you can hear a lot of different influences in my music, whether it's, you know, um, like rock, electric, a lot of electric guitar, um, big melodies. That's all from all the different genres I listen to. So rock, country, blues, classic classical, all the things. I love that music not only helped to heal Raina, but it also sparked a love of performing. She shared a little bit with me about when her passion to create her own music first started. I started writing when I was about 17, 16 or 17. Um, but I've always known that I wanted to be an artist and a singer. It was never a question for me because I've always done it. But when I realized like, hey, other people write their songs, I want to write my songs too. Like I've always been an ad- avid reader and a little bit of a nerd. So <laughs> I was like, this is, a- <laughs> I was like, okay, I can, I can take my skills, um, what I know about writing short stories and writing poems and then just learn how to write songs. So that's what I did. And I started writing on piano and that's how, that's how the journey began. Raina also shared with me some of the women that inspired her and helped her to become the artist she is today. Gretchen Wilson, definitely. Um, listen to Aretha Franklin, Beyonce, Christina Aguilera. Oh, there's so many. It's so hard. Um, Adele, Jesse J. I- I'm going from like, you know, when I was younger to now, it's countless. I feel like in my songs, I want to have like these huge choruses, these um things that are just massive when you wonder like, can I, can I hit those notes? Like Whitney Houston. So those are a lot of women that have shaped my voice. Yolanda Adams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lady Gaga. It goes on and on and on. <laughs> my mom. <laughs> Like, honestly, my mom all the time, I feel like um, even when I get advice from other people, it still comes from a different place when I talk to my mom. Also, because she always drives me to, to be better, to overcome all the obstacles I feel like I'm facing. And she's always giving me great advice. At the time, sometimes I'm just like, are, are you sure about that? Is that really what we... <laughs> What you think I should do? But, you know, as I get older um, and I listen to her more and more, I just realize all the things that she's been telling me my my whole life, you know, um, just to listen to my parents advice. But yeah, she's and she's the strongest person that I know, like hands down. It's not even a question to me. So she's definitely shaped me so much. Um, Like I've always been like really shy and quiet, a quiet person um, and very introverted up until like 19 um, when I started going to LA to try and work with like different songwriters and producers. 
she was just like, how do you expect people to connect with you if you're not personable? If you can't go and have a conversation with people, that makes no sense. You want to be a superstar. I need you to go talk to people. I need you to connect with people. Like, what are you doing? And so I learned, I learned my lesson. And um, that's just an, one example of how, you know, she's, she's taught me so many different things. I love that Raina has been inspired by so many amazing women. It's no wonder that she's such an incredible and inspirational artist herself. But behind every great artist is a tumultuous journey. I wanted to know about a time that Raina had to overcome a challenge in her career. It's been interesting for me because I've only been in Nashville for about three years. So my experience has been very different from a lot of the other women that I've talked to. So I have no record deal. I'm an unsigned artist. Um, I don't have like a radio budget. That being said, when I released two different, I released 67 Winchester and Stomping Grounds. And both of those songs have been played on radio. And I don't um, like not consistently because I'm not a signed artist, but they have played my music more than a few times. So in my experience, people have opened their doors to me and um, have wanted to connect with me. But I know that. It, it seems like to me that Nashville is changing and a lot of women are definitely getting more, more uh, attention um, than before. But that being said, we still have like over, we have a long way to go, but there's programs like how Leslie Fram, like she, yeah, right. She created um, the next women of country, which I was a part of 2020, uh, 2021 without programs like that. I wouldn't have had the visibility this year if it wasn't for programs like that, where she's making sure women have a platform in country music to be seen and to be heard. With artists like Raina on the scene, it's such a surprise that women have been historically excluded from country music. So I asked Raina why she felt that it was important to have representation for women in the genre. Like, why is it important for men to have a, a platform in country music? Everybody needs to hear our voices. Hands down. I mean, we're artists, too. To me, it's so simple. And, and I don't I just don't understand the reason why it's like this in country music specifically in different genres, at least not to my knowledge. I don't see that that same um, a divide. So I'm just still still very confused as to why it's like this in country music. Raina was also honored by CMT as a part of the class of 2021 for their next Women of Country. I loved getting to chat with Raina about it. Turns out two very famous names and country music helped break the news to her. Mickey and Leslie, they both told me, um, I can't remember specifically who told me first, but I remember seeing Mickey, uh, she sent me a video congratulating me on being inducted into the next one of country. And she's like my sister. I love her so much. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is this is what I've been working for. And I remember specifically the year before, I just found out about Next Women of Country. Um, I went to go see them in person right you know, before COVID. And I remember thinking like, I want to be on that stage next year. I want to be the next, um, next year's Next Women of Country <laughs> class 2021 and um, managed to make that happen. But I remember just seeing everybody on stage and, and thinking like, I need to be on that stage next year. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but that needs to happen. And thankfully it did happen. Raina's story and her drive inspire me so much, but I wanted to know who Raina is looking to inspire and what are her goals for her music? I mean, anybody that my music touches, like for me, I've always wanted to inspire others like 
all the artists in the in my idols who inspired me to create music like Chris Stapleton is the reason I wanted to be a country singer specifically so like looking up to artists like him and Beyonce and Adele who made me want to be to be the artist that I am I want someone to be able to look at me and have that same feeling um and I want to inspire that same kind of drive and ambition into other artists and to make sure people know that country music isn't just one thing there's not just one representation of it so that is my goal. Danielle Arts is a Canadian native who burst onto the country music scene in 2021 with her number one hit, Somebody Like That. The song made history as the first song to be written, produced, and performed by a team made up of only women to top the country charts. But to no one's surprise, Danielle has had so much success in a short period of time. For me, I think that it can be attributed to her insane talent and passion for music. But I wanted to know where her love and passion for music came from. Yeah, I mean, music has always been a part of my life. I was always singing. Um, my mom actually has a video of me on my first birthday. Um, you know, they sang happy birthday to me and I'm like singing. I won't blow out my candles. I just like keep singing. Um, so I guess it was just kind of in me from the beginning. And, you know, as I got a little bit older, I was always making up songs, you know, just all over the singing all over the house. And, um, I was singing in my backyard one day, just belting it out. And one of my neighbors heard me singing and actually came over and told my mom that, you know, she thought I had a great voice and that maybe we would want to pursue that. And thankfully my mom like kind of ran with that and like asked me if I wanted to go in voice lessons. And obviously I said yes and wanted to be a part of it. And, you know, I can remember standing in front of the TV when Kelly Clarkson won American Idol. And like, I wanted to be on American Idol back then. I was like, I need to go to the States and be on American Idol. And um, it was just kind of a lifelong dream of mine. And it slowly um, progressed to the point of like, you know, writing songs and everything like that. And then obviously Nashville happened. <laughs> I hope that Tennille has thanked her neighbor. I also think that her mom has really helped her pursue her dreams. Sometimes all we really need is a little encouragement from a loved one. My mom came with me absolutely everywhere. You know, um, I honestly don't know how she did it because I have three siblings and we were all in everything. So my mom, you know, my dad would be taking my brother to hockey games and uh, my sister danced. My mom drove her to dance like an hour away, like three or four times a week. Uh, my older sister was involved in everything. And it was just like absolute chaos. So the fact that my mom made time to, you know, take me to these competitions, which were sometimes six, seven hours away, you know, we lived in the middle of nowhere in Saskatchewan. So I had pretty much done all of the local talent things and started to branch out. And it was just a lot, you know, and then when I was 15, we would go to Nashville for two weeks at a time. Um, I was actually doing some of my schooling like online, um, you know, like Skyping into some of the classes because uh, it was such a crazy traveling schedule for a 15 year old. Um, and my mom was there with me the entire time. She's been on every single trip to Nashville with me until I moved here. She moved me into my apartment when I was 21 and stayed for about two weeks and then flew home. And now she just gets to come for like 
the awesome, fun, like celebrations, you know, she doesn't have to be like a momager anymore, which I think she's enjoying, you know, she doesn't have to deal with anything. Um, and I think she's loving that as much as she loved, like really being super involved in it. I think she's enjoying being able to like sit back and just enjoy all the fun parts. <laughs> wow. A mom's love and support can really go a long way. But besides her mom, I wanted to know what other women have helped guide Tennille in her life. You know, I grew up listening to a lot of the 90s um, female country artists. Like, the chicks were kind of it for me. Like, that was, like, I sang along with Natalie. A lot of people can, like, hear a little bit of her in my voice because I literally learned to sing listening to her. And then, obviously, like, Shania, I, I kind of looked at her career. Um, you know, she is originally from Canada, but came down to the States and really got things going in the States first. And that's kind of something that I modeled my career after, just knowing, you know, knowing how hard it is to be in Canada and to break out from Canada into the U.S. Um, you know, a lot of Canadian artists are in Nashville now, um, you know, working on their music here and hoping to expand. So, and then... Faith Hill, Martina McBride. Yeah, just all of those powerhouse females in the 90s. I feel like we're kind of getting that like resurgence of, of that type of music right now. And it's really exciting because it's a lot of people my age that grew up listening to that. And now it's like blowing up again. <laughs> I am just as excited as Tennille that female powerhouses are coming back to country music. And they're definitely here to stay. But every artist has struggles. And I think that women in country music may have more than others. So I wanted to know how Tennille has overcome the challenges in her career and found success. Yeah, I think for me, it was just kind of trusting that that cycle would come back around. Because when it was like super male dominated, you know, it, it would have been really easy to just be like, okay, well, screw everybody then. If they're only going to play men, then you know, whatever, I'm just not going to do it. But I kind of just had it in my head that it was going to come back around. And I don't really know. I don't know if somebody told me that or like what that conversation was or how that, you know, came to be in my head. But I just was like, I'm just going to stick to doing what I do because I know I could chase, you know, some of that broke country stuff and, and try to make my music more like that. But at the end of the day, it's not going to be who I am. So if fans are following me for that, well, then when I actually be go back to who I really am, they're going to be confused or they're not going to be fans anymore or all of that. So I really just thank God that I kind of just stuck to what I was doing. And now it's, it really is coming around. I mean, the songs that I'm singing now are the same type of songs that I was singing five, six years ago. So it really just, you just got to wait for that, that time to come through. <laughs> I love that Tennille has stuck to her guns and made the music that makes her special and unique. I asked Tennille why she thinks it's important for women in particular to share their voice and story in country music. Women go through so many things. You know, we go through so many emotions and um, just having somebody else, you know, besides our parents or besides our friends that we're like, oh, that other person has gone through the same thing as me. You know, like it's crazy to me that anybody would break up with Taylor Swift, but she's been through a breakup, you know? So you can, you can sit there and kind of be like, okay, I'm not alone. And I think that's the most important thing about female country music. I don't think, I don't think a male could speak to us the way that, that women can in country. Don't get me wrong, guys. There are some songs that are sung by males that speak to me, but Tennille is right. There's something special about a women's perspective and how it creates community. 
But I was curious to know what Tennille's favorite part about being a woman in country music is. I mean, I just love getting to connect with the fans. Like, I literally feel like they're my friends. You know, I talked to them more over the last year and a half um, with, you know, the pandemic and everything my, really my only way of communicating with them was over the screen. And, and they were there, like we were all just going through the same thing at the same time. And I think that was like a really, um, great bonding experience. And, you know, I love every part of, of being an artist, the travel, even though sometimes it's like insane. I love it. I love getting to play dress up. You know, I love getting to sing and be in front of people and, and meet people, get to hug them and, and all of that stuff. I mean, there's really not a part of this industry that I don't love. It's just so great. Obviously there's, there's highs and lows and there's things that happen, but as far as just being a female in country music, I, I just love every minute of it. And I love to connect with people and, share my story because I know everybody's kind of going through the same thing. Tennille's ability to connect with her fans is truly inspiring. Speaking of inspiring, Tennille had a huge career moment in 2021. I could go on and on about her song, Somebody Like That, but I'll let her tell you instead. So writing the song was honestly just like any other song. Um, We got into the writing room, um, started talking about things that I was going through, you know, they're, they're my co-writers. So they know that I'm the artist. They want to like dig into my life. And that can be a little scary sometimes, but um, I had just gone through a breakup and I had written like so many breakup songs and I was really just kind of over it. You know, I was like, I feel like I've said everything that I need to say. I want to focus on like what's next because I know that love is real. I know that people out there have really great love. You know, I've watched my grandparents be married for like 65 years. So I know that it can happen. Um, So I just wanted to write a song, like a hopeful song about looking for love. And if you're in a great relationship, just keeping that going. So it's kind of, it talks about all of the you know, ways that people meet each other and and the ways that it falls apart and all of those things. But at the end of the day, you just want that really great love that that fights to be together, that, you know, stays fiery and all of that. So, um, yeah, we just wrote it about about that. And um, a few months later, actually, after writing it, I ended up meeting somebody. So I feel like I kind of manifested that with the song. (laughs) Yeah, uh, it was really cool. And, you know, those those two women, Alex Klein and Allison Veltz Cruz, um, they both are so talented in their own way. And, you know, Alex is just an incredible producer who really just hadn't had her shot yet. You know, she um, had done some incredible work and, you know, it really only takes one song to, to change all that. And so she worked really hard on the song. Um, Allison is like, the melodic queen. (laughs) And when, you know, when we get together and write, it's a lot of girl talk, but it always leads to a song because it's kind of like the real things that we're going through. And I guess to talk about the number one, thinking about it being all women, like we didn't even know that that hadn't been done before. We just kind of assumed that it had, because that's just so crazy to me that, you know, there's been co-producers that have been women on number one songs, but never just a soul Um, female producer and then the whole team behind it being women so I think we found out somewhere around the top 20 that that was like we had already broken the (laughs) the record at top 20 and then um, as we progressed to the top it was just insane I mean I'm just so proud of these women and and that's something that nobody can ever take away from us you know we did it and now we just hope that it like paves the way for other women to do the same thing 
Is it just me or do y'all have chills? I love how humble Tennille is about her music because her honors don't stop there. Tennille was also a part of CMT's Next Women of Country, a massive honor. Well, I grew up watching CMT, you know, and and the women over the last few years that they've been honoring and bringing into the CMT Next Women of Country, you know, have gone on to do incredible things. You know, pretty much every female artist that's at the top of the charts now was a part of that at one point. So it feels really special to be a part of that and to be a part of that group of women. You know, we didn't get to do a lot together um, because of the pandemic. A lot of it was over Zoom and everything, but I still feel like, you know, I've got that community of women and we want to champion each other, you know, so it's so great to know that I have that. Born and raised into a musical family, Sasha has always had music in her heart and soul. Her website says, as a Black female Canadian country artist, Sasha is a pioneer, fearlessly working towards a goal of representation for young women of all creeds and colors to be deservingly embraced and included in the country music landscape of Canada. I couldn't agree more. Did you know that Sasha also won a singing competition as the only woman left standing? Y'all, you know me. I had to get the inside scoop all about her experience. Well, yeah, I entered this uh, competition called The Next Country Music Star. Um, Have a Country Jamboree puts it on. It's a huge jamboree, one of uh, North America's biggest country festivals. And uh, yeah, I mean, I ended up being the last woman standing. There was, there was women and men throughout the competition, but at the end, it was me standing against, I think, six. I can't remember, man. It was just such a whirlwind, but six uh, male acts. And I just remember entering into the competition and just saying, you know, let me just give this a shot. Let's see what happens here. And before you know it, it just became like week after week of me ending up in, in all the rounds and people getting eliminated until the point where I was the, I guess, last woman standing with all the guys. So I really think it speaks to Sasha's talent and uniqueness that she can win something so important. But guys, Sasha didn't stop there. Like a few of the other incredible artists that we've had on this episode, Sasha was also named one of CMT's Next Women of Country class of 2021. You guys know me. I had to know all the details on what it means to her and why she thinks it's so important for the country industry to recognize and highlight diversity in the genre. Women are essential parts of humanity and, and parts of business and and family and social aspects. I mean, it's just diversity is what most people strive off of. So we need women, we need men, we need different cultures, we need to balance off of one another's strengths and what we have to offer. So I think it's really important, even in where music is concerned, because there's um, hasn't been too much room for women on country radio, particularly. But I think things are turning, like things are changing. I've been lucky enough to have inspiration through uh, women who are in country music and I think the more women that we have there the more opportunity we have to inspire uh, up-and-coming female artists. Pertaining to having you know what the next catalyst would be for women in country music is definitely equality and even ratio you know and definitely having somebody to look up to and somebody who represents each person across the world, you know, in their genre, somebody who's, you know, somebody who could be underrepresented, you know, would have somebody to look up to and a reference point uh, when it comes to them pursuing their dream and their passion in country music. I couldn't agree more with Sasha. Growing up, I listen to strong women in country music, and I'm so excited to see so many of them coming up in the country scene now. 
But I wanted to know what women inspired Sasha to start her own country music journey. My mother played Patsy Klein record on repeat. And she was like my earliest recollection of falling in love with a voice and a voice that just kind of brought me in through the speaker and, and me wishing that I was that voice on the other end, just because of the way it made me feel. And that's why music is so special to me, because I want to make people feel the way that Patsy's voice made me feel or Taylor Swift. When she came on the scene, I like playing her guitar, singing her songs and with all her charisma and her confidence and being so young and breaking boundaries, she blew me away. There was just something in her that resonated with me and what I would hope to achieve, uh, you know, as a female woman of a uh, country. I mean, you can say there's so many people from then in between, Shania Twain, Carrie Underwood, Faith Hill. Um, and I love classics. I love Loretta Lynn. I, I cover her songs all the time. The next country music star, I, uh, You're Looking at Country was my was my uh, favorite song to, to perform and could have been the one that took the cake for me there, but yeah. When I won that competition, but I mean, traditional country is so heartwarming, heartfelt, and it's just something that I love and admire. I love that Sasha has such a big heart for these iconic women of country music. Her sound is definitely influenced by her inspirations. One of my favorite songs by Sasha is called Standards. So I wanted to know who she's hoping to inspire with this female power anthem, and how she decided to break down some boundaries of the lyrical template that traditionally women have had to follow in country music. When I first heard it, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. It resonates with everything that I love and I love to do. I've been active in my community as well, even with, you know, charities or the schools, um, pairing music with good causes, you know, in the schools or in the neighborhood or in the community. And it's always been just a part of me, a message that's always inspirational or a message that just kind of universally draws people in a little bit kind of like a side of what you would typically hear, like what you're saying, heartbreak and heartache, which is all great and good and fun and dandy. But uh, this song here, I think it's important because again, uh, male or female, it's about standards and it's about finding people like we're talking about relationships in music and in country music, but how about we talk about something where it's like, how about having standards? So you don't end up with that heartbreak song, <laughs> hopefully. So they don't end up with that, you know, um, like meet me at the bar because I've, I've just been dumped or I, whatever it is that leads you there. How about a song where we can hopefully, you know, try and avoid that by having standards and finding someone who values your standards. You know, I'm always a little bit left field and uh, I like to, I like to stick with that. I mean, I've, I'm so excited on some of the demos that I'm working on, uh, even sonically, like I think something that kind of sets me apart or just kind of sets a trend for myself uh, is sonically and um, along with the message. But like, if you've heard of Cheers, Cheers is kind of like a little bit of a little bit of rock with a little bit of synth with a little bit of country and you know a little bit of everything in country music right so it's just kind of i'm really excited about where i'm headed with messages and the sonic delivery that just kind of caters and custom tailors who i am as an artist in country music i think staying ahead of the game and making things interesting is what will help someone stand out as sasha said there isn't an even ratio and being a woman on the scene can be hard. She shared with me about a challenging time in her career where she had to overcome the challenge and it made her stronger and better. Well, to be honest with you, like let's take the next country music star, for example. You know, again, male dominated, last woman standing in the end. I don't really pay attention, even though I, I know the reality, I don't really pay attention to what could 
be a possible hindrance for me because I'm so passionate about music and so passionate about uh, my desire to fulfill this dream and have such a strong conviction about it that it's like, all I'm going to do is get up there, be myself and do the darn best that I can and have fun doing it. And eventually, you know, whether they like it or leave it, at the end of the day, I came and did what I, what I felt I was supposed to do. And I've never really considered, like, even when I was on the stage, I never really considered, like, okay, like, the fact that there's men there, more guys than me, and people who are more known in the industry than me, I'm, I'm not going to let that determine the outcome of this. I'm going to give my best. I think the main thing is just giving your best and being darn good at what you do. I believe the doors will open, and it's just been one stepping stone after the other of staying true to myself, forsaking all the hindrances and just going after what I love. Y'all, I love that Sasha doesn't let obstacles get in her way. The more I talked with her, the more it made sense that CMT named her one of their next women of country. She shared with me a little bit more about what that experience was like for her. Well, uh, I remember getting the official email. Congratulations, you've been invited to into the class of the next woman of country class of 2021. And I was out walking my dog, actually, just taking him out. And I was absolutely like just smiling ear to ear, laughing out in public. Like people probably thought I was crazy. I was just like, ha ha ha, just like in a whole new world. Absolutely blown away. That's been a dream for me because I've known of CMT Next Woman Country for quite some time. And I'm here in Canada and I'm just like looking somewhere over the rainbow at something that you wish you could be a part of, but you just don't know how. And all of a sudden you're getting an email that that one thing that you've always dreamed of is coming to reality. So I don't know if there's even any words to describe it, but absolutely thankful. And I was totally excited and it's opened up a whole can of worms for me in a good way. With her vivacious personality and powerful, distinctive voice, Tiffany Woes is definitely a natural-born entertainer. The California native with powerhouse vocals and undeniable talent is one of many awesome artists that are helping to put women on the country music map. Growing up, basically, it was strictly Celine Dion. Basically, that's it. So my mom really didn't give me any other option, which... I'm now okay with because she's absolutely my number one inspiration. And it's not because obviously we sound nothing alike, but it was definitely just the fact that she's a vocalist, a powerful one at that. And her work ethic has only gotten, I think, better. And I've seen her live more than I've seen any other artist. The first time I ever saw her was when I was five. And I think I was definitely the youngest in the audience. And I knew every word to every song. And there was just something about her and how she commanded a stage. And what I relate to now even more so than ever about her being a huge influence for me is that I don't release most of the music that I release. I haven't personally written. And Celine Dion also doesn't write her music, but let me tell you, it doesn't change any fact of how she makes an audience feel and makes you believe in her lyrics and what she's saying. And that to me has always, I've carried along with me just regardless of what I cut and I decided to put out. It's my job to regardless make someone feel something. So Celine Dion is absolutely my number one. And then from there, I mean, my mom listened to a lot of Jody Messina and she was like my, I still channel her so much. So when I was on the road for five years before I moved to Nashville, the joke was with my band and everything that I was like a Jody Messina, like cover band. Cause I just loved doing her stuff so much. And I relate to any female artist that has a very like 
different sounding vocals so you can distinguish them from, you know, the rest and always something really powerful too, very dynamic, very big. So Martina McBride, Leanne Rhymes, Faith Hill, Carrie Underwood has been most, most recent and that I feel like I really like identify with and admire because of their very distinctive, powerful vocal. I love that Tiffany channels that inner powerhouse. Heck, I even grew up listening to all of those amazing women that she just talked about. She has a lot of experience under her belt. But as with any endeavor, there are challenges. So I asked Tiffany about some hardships that she's had throughout her career and how they've helped her develop as an artist. First of all, just starting booking shows. And I had like a small booking agent in Sacramento and we toured up and down like the West Coast. But that was still really difficult because without really backing or a name behind you, you really only get opportunities to sing at dive bars or like just the things that you're you're singing for four hours straight, sometimes three days a week. So in between practicing and doing that, and then maybe you get lucky enough to get a fair or a festival, which we would like grasp onto because that's when you really had an audience that would listen to you. So not just like where your background music and, you know, you're decently a karaoke machine, which I am grateful towards now because it taught me so much about live. And when things mess up, you got to keep the beat rolling. And just, it really just did teach me a lot. I would never want to go back to that, but I'm so grateful that it happened. But what is the most oddest thing in the transition coming to Nashville was I was used to performing three, at least three days a week, four hours every time. So a lot. And coming to Nashville, it was like, you went from performing all the time to not performing at all. And that was a very, very odd transition. At first, I thought I loved it because I like told myself I hated what I was doing so badly before and that I needed to get here that I was like, I can't wait. I'm done. And then all of a sudden, about like six months in, I'm like, I really miss being on stage, whatever that means. I just miss holding a microphone and doing what I love and that's singing. And to this day in Nashville, and I'm coming up on my fourth year here, really don't perform a lot, which I now hear is not that uncommon. It's kind of normal unless it's like a writer's round or, you know, whatnot. The most performing I've really done is when I was so blessed to go on radio tour before all the COVID, you know, stuff. So I was like, thank goodness I did that because it really ignited all of why I'm here and why I love what I do back because I kind of needed that. And I didn't know I needed that, but I needed a little bit of a refresher of why I do what I do. And I think as artists, we do that. It's a roller coaster. It's like, I hate it. I love it. I hate it. I want to quit. I'm ready. No, I'm ready. I'm going to, this is it. And I'm like, okay, this is why I do it. And it made me feel like I didn't have all those years where I wasn't really performing that much. And it just like the magic was bad. It's funny because I actually just saw something like, I think it was on Instagram somewhere where it was like, it seems that it's harder as a woman today than it was years ago when really we were supposed to have made so much progress now. And I mean, I wish I had an answer for that because I, I've had so much blessings at radio that it's weird because I have heard the stories, but I can't relate to them personally. I understand that they're happening. I'm not blind to it, but I've been so lucky and blessed that they right, country radio has really welcomed me with open arms to a degree that which they're able to went because I'm not under a label. So it's like the stations and the networks that can have really welcomed me. So I'm so thankful for that. And I know that's not everybody's journey and their story. So it is interesting because yeah, from what I remember country music, it was like a female driven genre. 
And now I would say, I think it's mainly a male driven genre. And what I say at radio, when I go on, cause they like to ask, I get asked, obviously you can imagine, I get asked this question quite a bit about females versus males. And by no means is, are you or anyone else trying to pin males against and females against each other? It's just a, a natural question. And my response to it all the time is that I don't ever like to like victimize myself because I'm a girl. I love being a girl. I think it's great. Um, But I really do think it all comes down to sometimes song choice and what you choose to sing and what you choose to release or what you choose to write. Nothing against the wonderful, incredible songs that we hear that are very just female driven. But let's be honest, men aren't really listening to those songs like say Peter Pan or, you know, like, or they're not they're not excited about it. Right. Cause it's like, they can't relate to it. So that's why I really thought that Marin Morris has really just found like the magic because she has this insane way of being able to release music that not only women love and admire and look up to, but men love to jam out to as well. And I think it's so important and key for an artist and a writer to think that way when you're going into the the studio to cut something or going into the writer's room to write. Yes, you're going to find magic within those songs that are just towards, you know, this one's for the girls. I mean, hello, we all love that song. But at the end of the day, men aren't jamming to it, you know? So I try and think like that without constricting my creativity and my, my own personal art. I try to think like that minded without limiting myself. I couldn't agree more that it's important as artists that they always stay true to themselves, especially when it comes to having a prominent and impactful voice in the industry that can be oversaturated at times. I wanted to know Tiffany's take on why it's important and impactful for women to have a voice in the country music genre. Country music was founded on love songs, which is uh, the bad, the ugly, the good, the happy, the sad. I mean, we women, we re- we want to hear that stuff. We want, that's very important. And we, and more importantly, we want to hear it from other women. So just to hear about, you know, a man who's brokenhearted or someone who's broke someone's heart, I want to hear what the, what the woman's going through. Like that's, I badly want that. And you find a lot of the guys, you know, they love the drinking party songs, but the girls really want the, the stuff that hits, you know, home. And so if we don't have, women telling those stories, then you lose a lot of women wanting to listen because they want to hear it from someone that they feel they can call a friend. And that's what country music is. It's about basically connecting, being friends with people, like feeling like you know them, feeling like that person is telling your story without even knowing you so that if you maybe did meet and had coffee one day, it would be like, oh my gosh, we already know each other. That's what country music is to me. It's relationships. I think Tiffany hit the nail on the head. Country music is for everyone, regardless of your background. And country fans look to artists to represent them. And without strong women like Tiffany, we wouldn't have that at all. Abby Anderson's authentic and genre-bending sound is one that was developed long before her move to Nashville at age 17. Growing up around country music, And with a strong mom and supportive sisters, Abby has been able to develop a style of country music that truly speaks to your soul. My mom was always playing the the classics like Patsy Cline, Merle Haggard, uh, Roy, you know, Ronnie Millsap. And then she introduced me to like Tina Turner and Linda Ronstadt and 
And so there's very much like that Texas. Texas is kind of a melting pot of all kinds of music. So I feel lucky to come from there. My sisters and I, I come from a big family. So we all were putting piano lessons at a really young age. And I think from the moment my piano teacher told me, hey, you know, you don't have to read the music that I'm giving you. Like, I know you like making up little jingles, like put music behind it. Once I started doing that, I was just like, oh my gosh, this is it. This is what I want to do. I hope that Abby has had a chance to thank that piano teacher. I know being a woman in the industry isn't easy. So I asked Abby about a time she really had to overcome some of those obstacles. I think it's something a lot of artists struggle with, especially me, like growing up in the environment I did and nothing against my parents. Like I have the best parents ever. I think somewhere along the way, I just, I just really developed the people pleaser in me. And, um, and that probably had something to do with, you know, maybe it was church. Maybe I don't I don't know where it got brought up. And maybe it's the entertainer in me that just wants to make everybody happy all the time. But when I moved to Nashville, I was 17 and all I wanted was a record deal. You know, I was like, I will do anything to get a record deal. Didn't really think beyond that. And so I think, you know, the people pleaser in me mixed with that very first record deal, it was kind of like the perfect storm of not knowing how to stand up for myself yet. And frankly, Bobby, like not even really, like I know I I knew I wanted to make music. I knew as a piano player, I thought I knew what kind of music I wanted to make. And I did. But when you don't know how to stand up for yourself or advocate for yourself, that's going to get, that's going to get lost pretty quickly. Okay, guys, I'm going to get a little sappy here, but I just love Abby. And I love how her music has helped her find herself like it does for so many of us. But guys, Abby has inspired me with her music so much more than you know because she's authentic on her social media. Abby talks a lot about not shrinking yourself for the comfort of others. So guys, I told Abby how much that message means to me and asked her how she wants to inspire others. Oh man, I've never been asked that because I. it's still weird to like think that anybody could be looking at me in that way you know I like to think I'm just sharing my story and trying to be honest about it and if people resonate with it that's awesome and I think as an artist that's all you can hope for from your music to your story so I mean hell if if one social post for me helps a girl getting married realize like she doesn't have to be her smallest version of herself emotionally or physically to be great or to be seen in the world like that's amazing you know I just I want girls I want girls and boys to feel full in every sense of the word to be them full their full selves physically emotionally spiritually and that never ends you know hell I'm still on that I'm still on that journey to be my full self. Abby is so genuine and we couldn't help but have an emotional moment together after she shared that with me. I love how strong Abby is and I hope she knows how much she makes a difference, not only with her music, but just by being herself. She shared with me why it's so important to her that she brings her full self into her music. Uh, Dude, because we relate to each other. When my sisters and I can just talk on the phone about the struggles we're dealing with or like bad body image days or bad mental health days or like boy problems or whatever. Like 
it helps. It really does help. And I think the more women share their stories, the more other women feel like, hey, I'm not crazy. Like we're how many times are we told we're crazy, right? <laughs> the more vocal women are about their stories, we realize like actually being emotional is not crazy. Being emotional is beautiful. Being vulnerable is beautiful. And it gives us a lot more power, gives us a lot more confidence. I also wanted to get Abby's take on why she feels there's been such a huge resurgence of women in Nashville recently. I know the whole like, you know, we all know the tomatoes and lettuce conversation. It's like that was a thing. I think we all know that's really outdated. I think we all know that there's so many women, female country artists and male artists, but like so many female country artists who are badass, who are killing it, who are making amazing music and i'd like to think great songs win however that's not always the case it just isn't and so i think it's dope that like in nashville there is this community of women that are you know making their own like support system and i'm not gonna lie like i used to think it wasn't necessary and now i realize no actually it's necessary y'all is it obvious how much i love abby anderson yet Plus, her new song, Bad Posture, is one of my favorite songs ever. So I had to ask her a little bit more about the story behind that. I wrote this at the beginning of the year of 2021 with my dear friend, Anna Voss, who's another badass female songwriter in town. Honestly, like, take the female out of it. Just incredible songwriter, okay? <laughs> and, um, and so we were, we were at my place just talking about 2020 and... Um, 2020 was awful for me, but like necessary, awful, necessary growth, necessary reflection. And it was the first time in my life I truly stopped and asked myself, Abby, what do you want? Not what your label wants, not what your parents not want, not what your boyfriend wants, your family wants. Like, what do you want? And, um, the music started sounding different after I truly asked myself that. And so me and Anna were talking about that. And I said, Anna, it blows my mind how long I felt like I had to physically shrink myself and emotionally shrink myself so that others felt more comfortable around me. Because I make some people uncomfortable. Sometimes you're going to be around. Yeah, sometimes. And I realized like sometimes you just, you know, unknowingly trigger insecurities in other people, you know. And hell, I'm working on that myself. There's things I'm insecure about. And um, and I can't control that. That's nothing that they can control either. It's just the way it is. And so we were talking about that. And she was like, I kid you not, I have this bad I have this title on my phone. It's called Bad Posture. And I was like, oh my gosh. It just it it literally we wrote it in 20 minutes because it's what we had both felt for so long. Just like why. Why do women feel like they have to lessen themselves to be in the world? It blows my mind. And I hope that changes. And I think it is changing. We're seeing it in Nashville. All of my strong ladies today are helping pave the way to the change that we desperately need in the country music genre. Each one of my guests plays an integral role in shaping the country music genre that we see today. Plus, all of these women are doing amazing things. Lindsay L. has a new song out with Chase Beckham called Can't Do Without Me. Raina Roberts, guys, she's on the road with the one and only Reba McIntyre. 
I've been loving listening to my girl Tennille Arts' new album, Girl to Girl. Plus, she's hitting the road in 2022 with Scotty McCreary. Our girl Sasha was just named a part of Sounds Like Nashville's Artist to Watch list of 2022. Tiffany Woes and her current single, Probably Wouldn't Be This Way, is out now. Plus, she's hinted at making more music this year. And make sure you guys check out Abby Anderson's powerful new single, Be That Girl, out now. Once again, my name is Bobby Dixon, and I am the founder of Backstage Bobby, a country music news outlet that highlights Chicago's country music scene. Follow me on Instagram at Backstage Bobby, and be sure to subscribe to the Country Confidential podcast to hear more insider info directly from all of your favorite country music artists. Country Confidential. The All Country News Country Confidential Podcast is produced by me, Ashley Kim. I also executive produce alongside my team at Horseshoe Media. You can submit your artist, organization, or event to us at allcountrynews.com for a chance to be featured. If you love this episode, please rate and review our podcast wherever you're listening. And a huge shout out to our friends from Restless Road who recorded our amazing theme music for this podcast. All Country News. For more, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at All Country News. Visit us at allcountrynews.com to join our birthday club and subscribe to our weekly industry newsletter. Check out a new episode of Country Confidential every month right here. All Country News.